We are four friends in three states across two time zones with a shared passion. Welcome to the Sports Talk Garage Podcast, where we hit the fast lane to discuss our favorite drives from the track in the ice to the court in the ball fields. We are four lifelong friends who grew up with a love of professional and collegiate sports. Today, we are bankers, investors, professors, and entrepreneurs, but our love of sports has never changed. Come listen for the fun, gain some insight, and probably a few laughs as we give you our perspective on those last lap lead changes, game-winning scores, and franchise players. This is the Sports Talk Garage. Welcome to episode 34 of the Sports Talk Garage podcast. This is David, along with Matt, and we are joined by fellow podcaster and college football fan C.T. Thorne from the Hear Me Out podcast. Thanks again, C.T., for joining us for this SEC preview. Uh, Back in episode 33, we took a look at the East Division. Today, we're going to focus on the West Division, or what I consider to be the stronger of the two divisions in the conference. So, without further ado, let's go out and start with the cream of the crop, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uncle CT has a personal connection there, so why don't you take this on, CT? Road Tide, guys. <laughs> so we finally get to talk about something I'm super excited about here. Road Tide. All right. So I don't even know where to start. I'm so excited. I guess we'll start with head coach Nick Saban. He's been there for 12 years now, from 07 to 2019. He's been a model citizen at the University of Alabama. Win multiple championships. Let me stop bragging. All right. Anyways. All right. So, <laughs> first game, uh, we're up against Duke. As we mentioned before, you know, I don't even know if I'm going to this game to watch it or just to see how well our offense will get rolling. Uh, no pun intended there. Uh, I do predict <laughs> an undefeated season uh, for the Crimson Tide. Tua Tagovailoa. We'll win the Heisman this year, uh, not bragging or anything, but uh, I think he's uh, he's a little bit ticked off. He didn't win last year, but we all know Kyler Murray was destined to win the Heisman. Um, 12 and 0 season in the regular season. We will face Florida in the SEC title game. I predict that score to be 35 to 14. Uh, we will head off to the CFP mm-hmm. National Championship game. So, that's going to be an amazing season for the Tide, and um, I dare anybody to bet against that. I got you. I'll see you there with Clemson. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, Clemson. going for another Clemson rematch. Is an Achilles heel, man. That's why. And you got old Dabo I'm in sad. there. I was excited, and then I got sad all over again. <laughs> <laughs> that game puts me. Oh man, I think Clemson. I mean, Clemson's probably the only team in the nation that could take down Alabama. Outside of that, I mean, Alabama's going to steamroll their yeah, way to the title again. Brutally beat us, man. I really had to hide my face after that game. Mm. Sunshine. <laughs> Don't want to go outside for a week after that. With a nice hair. <laughs> mm. Sunshine. Give me some. Remember the, the Titans here. Is mighty, mighty. I need to stop. We like Big Macs, lots and lots of Big Macs. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> adding a little color to the podcast, guys. <laughs> color, drop, drop color, color, color. Oh man! <laughs> Thank you, South Carolina. All right, let's move on. Uh, Arkansas, the Razorbacks. Chad Morris is our coach in his second season of a six-year contract. 
he's making a somewhat pedestrian $3.5 million a year for SEC coaches. So I'd certainly be happy to make that. But for the tier he's in, it's kind of low. He was a genius at Southern Methodist and Clemson. So hopefully that can translate over to what he wants to do at Arkansas. Uh, key players coming back to conference teams. They just had one guy, which is really sad. Excuse me, two guys, a third team all defensive selection and a second team all defensive selection. So not a whole lot going on there. Some important players to watch this season. Wide receiver Trey No, he's six five, two eighteen. He's a freshman, so he's got play green behind the hairs. But um, you know, freshman can be counted upon, can make some plays. Uh, next guy, also a freshman, defensive tackle, McTelvin Agrin, six three, three hundred pounds. Five-star recruit, explosive first step, so hopefully he can be disruptive in the pass rush game. Uh, go ahead and get to the quarterback, put some pressure on him to help that linebacking core. Uh, one guy who I think is probably the most important and most athletic player in the game who we could definitely see on Sundays in a year, uh, Cheyenne O'Grady, 6'4", 251, tight end. Ideal body, he's got the hands, he can block, he can run routes, he can do it all. So as long as his production doesn't decline, I actually see him as maybe a first or second round pick next year. I know that might be a little higher than what some people think, but he could easily be maybe first, second tight end off the board. So same in a form a year from now. Two other guys, Rakeem Boyd, running back, six feet, 215. He's the first 100-yard rusher since Darren McFadden in 2007. So it tells you they've definitely had a lack of a running game the past 11, 12 years if he's the first guy in that long just to get 100 yards in the game. If he stays healthy with a pretty good offensive line, though, he probably could get to 1,000 rush yards this season, which has not happened since even before 2007. So poor Arkansas here did not know how to run. And lastly, middle linebacker Dejon Harris, 6 feet, 245. He's the leader of the defense. Played 93% of the snaps last year and just kind of worn down. Wasn't healthy the last couple games, so it wasn't as effective. But if he could stay healthy, he could definitely be a force with some tackles, maybe get a couple on, interceptions. So has, not much more to say Arkansas about Arkansas here. Has Arkansas done anything since Bill Clinton was in office? And even then seemed like a, well, we'll just let the president's team kind of have it something. They, they're, they're right up there with those nice On the field. by the way. There you go. <laughs> You got some facilities, but it hasn't translated it's Arkansas. Much on the field. Is there anything? What drags you over to want to go to Arkansas? <laughs> I mean, at least Alabama's like all right there in a giant city. I mean, you get outside of that a little bit, from what I understand, there's not as much there, but it's Alabama. <laughs> Arkansas is kind of like, yeah, all right, Arkansas. You know, they wanted to be us so bad that they right, Matt. Yep. See, <laughs> they did copy. Yep. Hey. Got to copy the best well, to be the best, it. I guess. <laughs> well, Matt, since you brought up Alabama, let's pick that other team in Alabama, All right, the Auburn so, Tigers. Yeah, I don't know what to think. I, I don't, I still don't <laughs> feel like they've had the same amount of talent since Cam Newton really kind of led them into, let's call it some glory at that point. They just haven't seemed to be able to to do enough with it. Last year, eight and five overall, three and five in the SEC. So just kind of like a. Eh. Uh, Gus Malzahn's in his seventh year, 53 and 27. You know, last year was another bad year for them. It's schedule, you know, puff piece a little bit. So here's the thing. Their offensive line was really in a bad place last year. They could barely block for the running game. They were okay around the pass. 
uh, at least this year, there's going to be five starters or five seniors as starters. So maybe they get a little bit more help up front because we all know if it doesn't happen in the trench, it doesn't happen. Um, offensively, they've got several quarterbacks to choose from, but uh, they've got a freshman in Bo Nix. 6'2", 207 pounds. Um, I think he's going to possibly have some some good potential at playtime for them. We'll see. Uh, he's not huge at 6'2", 207, but he's pretty good accurate passer. He can scramble, and he can play from day one. He's son of former Auburn quarterback Patrick Nix. So, you know, let's say he's got something. Like I said, they, the run game was definitely not their piece last year, but uh, – Jatarvius Whitlow. I'm so sorry, however, I murdered that running back. It's <laughs> okay. I don't know anybody on the team either. <laughs> as, a, as a sophomore, <laughs> I think he's a multi-threat back when you look at some of his numbers and see some clips. He was 150 rushes for 787 yards and six touchdowns, had 15 catches for 173 and two catching touchdowns. So let's just say that he gets some good connection with uh, what the coordinator wants to do for this year. Moves up, passes junior year. I think he's looking more toward the NFL as a catching running back. Um, I, I just want to say there's another great name of their offensive tackle, Prince. Prince uh, Tega Wanago. I don't know where he's from, but the name <laughs> just got me. He is the Prince. <laughs> Take me home. I want to go. <laughs> yes. Perfect. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Let's see. So, they – the, the D's been upside, you know, kind of as a dominant thanks to having a good front four. It doesn't do it. You know, they can only make the quarterback or, or running back start scrambling in the backfield so many times unless, you know, you've got a secondary that's going to help cover it up. I think they've got a few guys in the backfield that's going to help with that. Uh, but their linebacker core is going to go through some issues from having three starters being gone. Uh I think they've got a couple big defensive up front that, you know, but let's say the bigger one I want to bring up is Derek Brown. He's going to be a senior at 6'5", 318 pounds. Um, he's, he's probably one of those guys that's just ready to move on to the NFL unless he has something major happen to him. Uh, he had four and a half sacks and ten and a half tackles for loss uh, of a total of 48 tackles last season. So, I think their guys up front are going to be the biggest piece. Uh, we'll see. And, again, take a piece out of uh, CT's book here. Their first game is against Oregon, played in Dallas. Uh, Lost. Tulane, <laughs> Kent State, <laughs> Texas A&M, maybe a good game. Mississippi State, maybe a good game. How do you feel about Florida, CT? Uh, they're going to lose to Florida. There you go. Uh, at Arkansas. Yeah. Mm. At, mm, they're going to win the game by 14 points. At LSU. Yeah. Lost. Yep. Ole Miss. Oh, that's a loss. Lost. Possibly a game. Maybe. Uh, Georgia. Here you go. Lost. Samford. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, Samford. Don't that. Can we cue the cupcakes? Yeah, because that's right before they, they don't want any injuries <laughs> walking into Alabama. Oh man, you ever seen? Well, never mind. Let me keep this uh, PG friendly, <laughs> right? Well, you know that that's what they were doing. The, the the AD's no joke. He he's looking at the schedule, going, "If we're gonna play Georgia, 
and Alabama's been that good for that long. If they're the last game of the season, we're like the one team that decides to give them like a, rest. a run for their money out of nowhere. Like they can, this is like the Ohio State Michigan. Michigan rocks all last year, and then Ohio State runs them over. I'm not saying that Auburn's going to do that, but they're the one team that can come out of nowhere and actually cause a problem. And yeah, now now Auburn will have a breakout star in Anthony Schwartz. I think that kid's going to be explosive this year for Auburn. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. So enough about that. Uh, I like- David, you know, I think the next one we probably need to talk about is LSU. Yeah, the other Tigers. Yep. LSU, or what some people call DBU, Uh-oh. defensive back university. So I got to say, if I were a high school defensive back with legitimate shot at the NFL, this is probably the school I would want to go to. They've produced tons of defensive backs. Big two recently, uh, the Honey Badger and Patrick Peterson, but they have nine draft in the top 100, six in the top 50, five first rounders, all in the last. 20 years which is crazy so they're definitely where you want to go if you are ready for the back in high school but let's go over to the head coach ed oregon he's in his fourth season 41 and 36 all time as a head coach but 25 and 9 at lsu so he's definitely doing something right spending 21 bowl games as an assistant coach and head coach one thing about him though can anybody actually understand what he's saying like if you're the closed caption writer Pretty much. Far, what was I mean, it, Farmer Fran? That's what I think of. <laughs> hey, old Jerome. So the one job I'd hate. Hey, old Jerome. The person who has to do the closed <laughs> captions for him on TV, you'd have no idea what's actually right. <laughs> Boy, oh, sounds God. like he's smoking so sorry, a but every he's time a... he's on the thing. <laughs> no, 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 no. Get uh, the boy out of this guy. Get him out of the thing. What? <laughs> Whatever he's doing, whatever he's saying, it's working. Because, I mean, LSU is good. They've got some great preseason all-conference team here. Uh, First-team offense, second-team offense, two guys on the third-team offense, first-team defense, first-team defense, second-team defense, third-team defense. Yeah, those guys so are homegrown. They are it's definitely stacked. for him to get recruits there. No. No, I think those Louisiana boys want to stay there. They love it. LSU is – I mean, it's the place to go if you're from Louisiana. So instead of five important players, I'm doing going to do five breakout candidates this season, guys who could take that next step to help make a big difference. First, uh, wide receiver D. Anderson. This guy's tall, 6'5", but he's only 197, so he's thin. He's a senior, so this is his breakout season with his scout. I mean, excuse me, with his body size, his hands. You know, if his scouts could take it notice and maybe be a late round selection next year. Next guy, linebacker M- Michael Divinity. Uh, 6'2", 241, senior. Instead of turning pro, which he probably could have done, he actually came back for his senior season. He's already probably the best linebacker in the conference, and so he'll definitely be, barring any injury, first or second round selection in the NFL draft. Uh, next guy, running back Chris Carey, pretty good average size, 6 feet, 215. He's a freshman, so very highly recruited, but in the spring game he was running over people, giving stiff arms. So I think the fan base is very excited about seeing him there for the next three or four years. Uh, Nose tackle, Tyler Shelvin, big guy, another 6'4", 346. I'd hate to run line up against him. He's only a sophomore, so he could definitely tone up a little bit in the next couple years while he's there. But for being so big, he's got some athletic ability. He can move around. He fits perfectly in their 3-4 defense, getting some double teams to free up the linebacking core. Had a great spring practice, so the coaches are very high on him after that going into this season. And last guy, got a cornerback, Derek Stingley, 6'1", 190, freshman. 
He was a five-star recruit, and he was the number one prospect out of this last class for 2019. He actually enrolled back in the spring, so he had spring practice. So he's going from Louisiana Gatorade Player of the Year, leaving high school early. Now he's the starting cornerback at LSU. So he's just keeping that tradition alive of DBU coming on strong. But as I mentioned earlier with South Carolina, Louisiana kind of one-upped them, and they had their new football operations building. That thing is ridiculous. $28 million, got a player's lounge, you know, weight room, training center, all the stuff that you should have. Their nutritional facility, though, they serve prime rib and crab and jambalaya, all the stuff that, you know, so what you just you're go saying for is free after practice. Dream. So DBU can take a step aside yeah. for oh. uh, cafeteria. <laughs> you know, get some of that, that gumbo black. That's <laughs> oh. <laughs> a hot sauce. And the coolest thing. Their locker room has some lounging pads with iPad mounts, charging stations, ventilated storage. So if oh, you have not seen this, you need to go on YouTube, check out LSU's new football operations. I mean, it is just out of this world. And again, as recruits, I mean, that's designed what it's certainly designed for them to impress them. Say, hey, you want to come okay, here? CT, did I just why. hear him correctly? So you just said that we can go get food of choice, fatten up on whatever you can possibly handle, pass me the hot sauce. And then I can go take my iPad and do nap time. Did I just catch all that? That's exactly <laughs> what he said, son. That's yeah, essentially hey, what it is. Big old the, boys down there, what, LSU. You know they've got the Xbox and PS4 center set up there just so you can go play when you wake up from your nap. Oh, and now we're going to have true. meetings. That's, a, that's how they're going to practice this year. Seriously. Can't tackle anymore, <laughs> so we're just we're going to pretend tackle and go over 4-4 defense on Madden. Oh, you know they're going to be playing some Madden in there. I'm sure those guys are That's never right. going to leave then that they land. Get ice cream sandwiches for dessert. You know, it's too bright in there. It kind of looks like a little <laughs> club to me. It looks like they got a bunch of it, kind of, it does. Up in that lounge, man, what's going on? kind of yeah. Man, it hurts that. my eyes just to look at it. Too much purple <laughs> It looks like the Lakers. Too much. <laughs> oh, hey, you're a Lakers fan now, I though. Am. Come on. You know, you know, on the there's, shiny helmet, that hurts a little bit. Hold on, but there's purple, <laughs> and then there's purple, like LSU purple. All right. Yeah, it's kind of right up there with that Tennessee orange. Yeah, there you go. I like it. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and move on. We go over to Mississippi State, the Bulldogs. Man, you know what's going on with that, CT? I, I, I really don't know what's going on over at Mississippi State. I don't know anybody <laughs> on the team. I don't know who the quarterback is going to be. I don't know if the coach is even going to be there next year. No more here, boy. I, he's just blah as a coach. I mean, there's there's really no background that's exciting to me. You know. I looked into their program a little bit today. Um, the only thing I really say about Mississippi State is they have one of the most annoying fan bases ever if you go to Starkville and try to enjoy a game over there. Those cowbells, oh, my gosh. I cannot sit through an entire game in Starkville. <laughs> but I will say Mississippi State will go 9-3. and three. You heard it here first. Okay. I'm going to read you the schedule now. They have Louisiana. Southern Miss, Kansas State, Kentucky, 
Auburn, which is one of the losses, Tennessee, LSU, loss number two, Texas A&M, Arkansas, Alabama, loss number three, and they have Abilene Christian and Ole Miss. They're gonna sleep. They're gonna be a sleeper team this year. They're gonna creep up on everybody because we have absolutely no clue what kind of talent they have over there. Mm. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. I think they are definitely the sleeper of this division here. So there's they don't get a lot of publicity. They're not in the news a lot. They're just kind of yeah, under they're, the radar. They're with their the schedule. Yeah. So basically, you think that you know what? Never mind. I'm not getting into this because next we're going to go over to Ole Miss, which I, I'm kind of on the same page with. Who you take a program that's had some history, <laughs> and you know SEC supposed to be the power football group, and hey. you've always got your guys that you know don't quite play up to par because they're a baseball school. Chirp, chirp. Um. The blind side, I, I know, Michael Orr. I'm not saying that they haven't had their time in the sun, but <laughs> their first game's at Memphis, then at Arkansas, then Southeast Louisiana. Uh, come on, California, Alabama, Vanderbilt, Missouri, Texas A&M. I mean, they're going to get run over most of the season. New Mexico State. Here's here's a valid question: Are they still the Rebels or are they the Land Sharks? I'm confused. I'm going with Land Sharks. Probably because they pop about three of them before the game even starts. Oh my goodness! I don't know what's going on over there. I don't. I don't have a clue of who their team mascot no. is anymore. Mm-hmm. All right. So last year uh, they went five and seven overall, two and seven in the SEC. So again, just you know, can't play up to the caliber. Uh, Matt Luke is in his third year. He's twenty two and twenty three. I don't know how long his contract is, but I'm going to say unless he has a near perfect season this year, the end of that contract's coming up, buddy. Uh, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I'd see. The hardest thing is you have to have four years. So let's call it the fifth year that your team is actually in there that you recruited to do your offense. But in the meantime, you still got to work with what you had. And that's the hardest thing. And obviously he's not really able to convert on that. Um, and it's old miss. You know, they've got some great history of players in there, but they don't necessarily, I should say alumni. They've got some great alumni, but they haven't had a lot coming out lately. Uh, so, There's only so many times you can pull on the Archie. Yep, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So passing game should be the big piece, I guess, this year. Uh Let's see. So, Scotty Phillips is a senior, is a running back. He's 5'11", 211 pounds. Um, they're hoping he's going to balance out the attack. Uh, he averaged over six yards of carry for 928 yards and 12 scores. Um, but he got dinged up toward the end of the season. So, you know, again, you've got to have some more to this. Uh, defensively, uh, I guess the best one to pull out here is Mohamed Sonogo, who's a junior linebacker, 6'2", 224. He's not the biggest guy on the team, but he was kind of all over the place, uh, leading the tackle in the middle of the defense, making 112 stops with six and a half tackles for loss. Uh, he's pretty quick, you know, decently steady guy, uh, you know, and after everything, he comes out with six tackles against both Auburn and Texas A&M. Uh, had a 
four-game stretch late in the season with 55 stops. So, I mean, if you've got one diamond in the rough leading your your group, that's great. It's, again, I don't have enough to talk about with these guys that I'm excited about that's going to say, you know, anything more than what they had last year. Uh, I'm going to say overall probably they'd be lucky if they break even. In the SEC, I'm going to say three wins just to be nice. Three and nine, poor fellas. Yeah. <laughs> and let's move on from there. That's pretty sad. So last team here, Texas A&M, three words, flush with cash. They somehow pride <laughs> – they somehow pried Jimbo Fisher away from FSU for a 10-year, $75 million deal. That's just ridiculous for a college head coach. But, I mean, he's got the pedigree at FSU. is 83-23, and 23, four division titles, three conference championships, won a national title in 2013, always had top recruiting classes. So, I mean, they paid to get him away, but hopefully that transfers over to Texas A&M because they've been pretty mediocre. In 2016, eight and five, seven and six, nine and four in last season. So this season, I'm going to say being optimistic, going eight and four. But that's if things go their way, they win the games they should win, and maybe one or two of those close games. So Texas A&M, you know, everybody knows Johnny Manziel, Ooh. but since he left, I mean, they haven't done a whole lot. <laughs> Mr. Canada hey, football. Hey, he was a great college. He was a great college player. Oh, okay. Things fell off let's, afterwards. Let's have a quick talk since John's not on the program tonight. You know, <laughs> shout out to John. But for love of Pete, it's Johnny football. Like, college was his top point hey. and end game. Yeah, it was. But since then, Texas A&M hasn't done a whole lot, so they certainly miss his presence there. Uh, coming into the season, only three guys on the pre-conference or pre-all-conference. Wow, I can't even say a preseason all-conference team now. Second team defense, on special teams, and then third team special teams. So, some guys to look out for. Kellen Mond, their quarterback. He's got a decent size, 6'3", 217. We threw for 3,100 yards last season, 24 TDs and nine interceptions. So, look out for him. He could definitely contend for the division title if everything goes right. But that's really a stretch. Uh, wide receiver, Courtney Davis, 6'2", 200. Um, Jay Sternberger went to the NFL, so he's calling me call on to make all the big plays out in the red zone. Uh, one guy who is probably the standout player on the team, their punter, Braden Mann. He's a senior. He set a single-season record last year, 51 yards per punt average. So he won the Ray Guy Award, which is the nation's top punter. So he's definitely going to help with that field position battle each game when they need to just you know flip it over and so get the defense on the field. So what you're saying is they're going to specialize in um, special teams this year? perfect yeah that's the only way they're going to have a chance to stay in game so if brandon brandon man gets hurt it's over for him so what do you guys predict for guy, are they going to be third fourth in the west what uh, i'd say fourth would be optimistic for them okay i don't definitely definitely not any higher so there's some guys to look out for you know they're average middle of the road maybe a little bit higher so hopefully all that money translates into better recruits and some more wins down because $75 million is a lot to show out for just a mediocre team year after year. See, this is where I'm going to draw a line. David said the West was probably the better conference. If you take Alabama and LSU out of the equation, I'd, you know, I think the East has a better build-out this year. I really do. Well, who are their top three teams in the East? Uh, Florida, Georgia, 
and Mizu. Because I think, again, I'm going to say Mizu's going to give mm-hmm. a chance to run uh, as a dark horse. You, okay. okay. Well, what's that? Okay. Well, let's go over to the white flag. Let's sort of wave that since we're kind of winding down. Who's going to be the SEC title game? Who's going to represent each division in that last game of the season? Florida, Alabama, all day. Okay. Uh, what about the score? Oh, um, <laughs> he said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm going to oh. say 35-24, Bama. Oh. Okay. I'm going I'm to okay. say Florida has a chance to give them a run. But I just, you know, again, with the pedigree that Saban's got going on right now, until somebody gets a big interrupt in place, I, I think he's just I, – I, I hate to see because, like, I love power teams, but at the same time, I want to see somebody topple and have a good game. So it's hard for me, but I think Alabama just has it locked down in the SEC. All right, CT, what's your thoughts on that? All right, like, uh, like I predict, predict, uh, predicted earlier, Florida will somehow skate their way to the SEC title game with Alabama. Uh, if if Bama has a high-powered offense again this year like we did last year, which Tua should be healthy, um, he's barely improved, uh, I think we're going to score somewhere in the 50. So I'm going to say 52 to 21. Oh. High-octane offense. Absolutely. Jerry, you know those Jerry, Judy, Tua, Jerry Judy. Dude. <laughs> Dude, Tua could certainly lead him. He's gonna be he's gonna be amazing. I think he's gonna be a Heisman candidate. Well, this we year. do need to Definitely. make the point that most so. college football teams have been doing more scoring than defending. Well, let's just say football in general has been a lot more about the offense than defense anymore. Yeah, yeah I think that's where that's where oh, yeah. uh the sport's going, man. And you can even tell in the NFL now they're Getting these uh, younger coaches with uh, with offensive minds. I mean, look at Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. I think that's where football is going now, more towards offense. Yeah, got to do something to keep the fans interested in watching. So that's definitely way yeah. to do it. Those high scoring games. So I'm going to actually go back. Uh, Georgia, Alabama. I see a repeat of last year. I'm going to say Alabama will be in a close game, 38-34. Okay. So I think it's going to be pretty evenly matched. If Florida comes out with it, you know, I won't be shocked, but. I still say Georgia is still a superior team in that division. So, and Alabama is probably going to represent in, you know, for the conference this year, but definitely take on, I don't know, somebody in the title game, probably Clemson again, just get another repeat of last year as well. Yeah, I see that happening unless we so, uh, end up in a seat where we're playing each other again. Yeah, definitely. So let's go ahead, weigh that checkered flag, as it's been fun talking some SEC tonight. Final thoughts. What's going on in the sports world, guys? Uh, uh, I think I said it before. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see Friday Night Lights start popping up. I'm excited to see college football starting up. So, you know, that's that's kind of where my thoughts have been as, as it's starting to kind of get toward the end of the summer and cool off a little bit, and you start seeing – uh, as you're driving by schools, you start seeing guys out on the field practicing. Uh, CT? Well, I want uh, HB- HBO to cut me a check because I'm about to pub hard knocks and I'm watching it tonight as soon as we get off this podcast, man. I can't wait to watch hard knocks with the Oakland Raiders. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Man, Antonio Brown's going to be awesome on that. That's going to be oh, good. Man, they're going to have to cut the show off. Hey, isn't that, isn't that where Buckner oh. is now? <laughs> 
Shout out to Brenson Buckner. I think he's I think, coaching the D-line I think over Brinson there now. Buckner, I'm pretty sure he is with the Raiders now, so maybe we'll get to see him a little bit. So, yeah, for me, as Matt mentioned, college football, in the past week I've gotten three phone calls, four emails, and two mailers from my alma mater asking me to come buy Dude. season tickets. Don't think I'm going to do it because I don't live close enough to go to games. I wish I could, but, yeah, they are definitely persistent. So college football's here. I'm excited that some NFL preseason games are starting to pop on TV tomorrow. So definitely looking forward to getting back in the football swing. And Saturdays and Sundays will be filled with football in the near future. So I'm excited for that. So for each of this, uh, thanks, guys, for coming on tonight. It's been a fun talking SEC football. And we'll have to look back at this in a couple months and see how well these predictions turned out for us. <laughs> yeah, we definitely have to have an end-season recap because I want to see how accurate my predictions are. <laughs> uh, again, thank you, CT, for coming on. For everybody else, make sure you go check out his podcast, the Hear Me Out podcast. You can find it on all major podcast outlets and give him a listen. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on the podcast. You guys have an amazing Sir, night. Sir, thank you. you. Yeah, thanks for coming. You too. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to have your sports-related question or comment featured on the show, please email us at sportstalkgarage at gmail.com. Also, if you want to keep up to date with us outside of the show, please follow us on Twitter at sportsgaragepod. If you enjoy the show, please drop us a five-star review and subscribe if you want to hear more. So for Chris back in the studio, David and Matt, I'm John, and we are the Sports Talk Garage.